1 John chapter number 2. Not the gospel of John, but the first epistle of John towards the end of your Bible. Verse number 15 of chapter number 2. It says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passed away, and the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let's pray to Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you again for this morning. Lord, thank you for being our dearest friend. Lord, thank you for loving us when we're unlovable. Lord, I'm just the clay, you're the potter. Lord, I'm the child, you're the father. And I ask you, Lord, this morning that you'd just help us this morning. Lord, I'm so grateful this morning. Lord, you know our faults. Lord, you know our weaknesses. God, you know our shortcomings. And yet you still love us, but you also love us enough to help us, to encourage us, to strengthen us. God, to help us get those things that are right, which are wrong, and guide us and direct us into all truth. We ask you, Lord, this morning that you'd just speak directly to our hearts from your word this morning. And Lord, help us to get some of these things right, that we might be a Christian and a believer that is known for their thanksgiving. We ask you, Lord, this morning that you'd help us, uh, God, just to glean from your word this morning, but help those that are in children's church this morning, help those that are sick this morning, those that are out of town. Lord, keep them safe, help them to get better. Lord, help us all get back in the house of God where we can fellowship one another, with one another, and we just thank you, God, for what you're doing here. God, thank you for the help that we had yesterday and the work that was done to make the house of God look up better and cleaned up. We thank you for that this morning, Lord, and we just ask you, God, you give us that what we need this morning. God, we'll give you the glory. We'll give you the praise. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and amen. You say, preacher, those verses have absolutely nothing to do with thanksgiving. If you'll give me a few minutes this morning and I'll do my best to lay out what the Lord put on my heart and showed me from the scriptures this morning on how these verses in a way do help us and will help us be a, a Christian who's known for giving thanks or a thanksgiving Christian uh, this morning. And reality is thanksgiving's fast approaching. I can already smell the turkeys. I can already smell the mashed potatoes. I'm looking forward to it. I'm longing for it. That's one of my favorite holidays uh, of the year simply because I like to eat, amen. I enjoy that, but I also enjoy the fellowship and I enjoy the, the meaning behind Thanksgiving. But some people have already started, right? They started November 1st. It is a month of Thanksgiving and they've gone every day and they've gone on their Facebook page or their Twitter account and they've listed out one thing a day what they're thankful for. And maybe you're here this morning and say, Preacher, I, I just don't get that into it. I'm just not, I'm not all about that, Preacher. I understand this morning, you don't have to go on Facebook every day and say what you're thankful for. But as a Christian, we ought to have an everyday attitude towards gratitude or thanksgiving. It should not strain the Christian to give thanks unto the Lord. Matter of fact, 1 Thessalonians 5.18 says, in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So we know this morning that is the will of God for every Christian in every situation, in every trial, every aspect of life to be able to step back and say, even though it may hurt, even though it may not be enjoyable at the moment, there is something in this that I can give thanks for. 
Can I say this morning? We ought not to, as Christians, we ought not to be, be, be have to be forced and pulled and, 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 and to be primed and pumped to give thanks. It is something that ought to flow from our hearts towards God for all that he's done for us. But we get here in 1 John chapter number 2, you get down to verse number 15, and I see something here this morning that will rob me and you of our, our thanksgiving this morning, our giving of thanks if we let it this morning. Look at verse number 15. Love, not the world. See, that which we love, we give thanks for. That which we love, we give thanks for. Now notice this morning, there's two things this morning necessarily vying for our love. One deserves it, and the other does not this morning. If there's anybody or anyone that deserves you and I to love them, to care about them, to be concerned about them, to adore them, to praise them, to glorify them, it is God alone this morning. But look what the world wants from you in verse number 15. Love. Love not the world. And here's the thing this morning. If you take that which ought to be pointed towards God this morning and you point it towards the world this morning, the world says, hey, listen, if you love me, look at verse number 15, I will neither the things that are in the world, the world says, hey, listen, if you love me, I'll give you some things. Is that what the world says? Is if you sell out to me, I'll give you some things. If you, if you sign your life over to me, I'll give you, I'll give you fame. I'll give you fortune. I'll give you popularity. I'll give you a thing. But look at verse number 17. Everything the world offers is merely fleeting this morning. And the world passeth away in the lust thereof. Can I say this morning? God is different for God already loves us. Doesn't require a thing from us. And he doesn't ask us anything of us this morning. And yet he said, listen, we ought to love the we ought to love God because he first loved us. He expressed it to us this morning and he's already given us everything. When he gave us himself this morning. But I want you to look at verse number 16 this morning. And we're going to look at this thought, some mindsets that hinder thankfulness. I want to give you three mindsets out of verse number 16 this morning that if that is our mindset, it will hinder our willingness to give thanks unto the Lord. Every Christian can guard their thanksgiving. I'm not talking about the turkey this morning. I'm talking about the giving of thanks from your heart by protecting themselves from the following mindsets. Preacher, how do you protect yourselves? Well, you got to know what it is and then stay away from it, amen? Notice mindset number one. I want something that is wrong. Look what it says there in verse number 16. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh. That word lust means an unsatchable desire, an unbridled desire. You, you're almost to the point, if I don't get this, then I'm going to die. I can't live without it. Here's the thing, that word lust is mentioned 18 times in your King James Bible. None of them in a singular, none of those mentions of that word is ever in a good connotation or in a good way. You wouldn't say it's a, and you can't look at your Bible and say, well, in this form, in this fashion, it's good to lust. It's never mentioned that way. That flesh, it said the lust of the flesh, that which is not spiritual. 
the old man, the old nature, our flesh that you and I constantly battle with, we struggle with, we fight with, we war with, we live with, and we, we try our best to not give in and follow the Spirit. And here's the thing, well, so preachers, everything about my flesh, well, here's what Paul said about his. Paul was a tremendous Christian. He said, for I know that in me, in Romans seven eighteen, that is in my flesh dwelleth no good thing. Paul said, I searched it from top to bottom, inside and out, in every corner, every nook, every cranny. He said, I didn't find one singular good thing in my flesh. And this morning, if you and I are, are living a life that is driven by the lust of our flesh, we can mark it down. We are going after something and pursuing something that is not good. And any time we pursue after something that is not good, and that is not right, you can guarantee Thanksgiving goes right out the window this morning. There's nothing good about our flesh. You cannot go after that which is wrong and expect to be full of gratitude. It just doesn't work that way. The cry of the modern day Christianity is this. You can look like the world, you can sound like the world, you can act like the world, but still claim to be spiritual. It does not work that way this morning. If we are to be set apart, if we're to be holy, a peculiar people, we're to be different from the, yes, we are in the world, but when we got saved, we are no longer of the world. We no longer live in that system and those ways this morning. When, when he said, love not the world, you said, well, preacher, God so loved the world, and he does this morning, but it's a different aspect. It's a different explanation this morning. That love not the world is the world's systems. The way the world operates the way the world lives this morning worldly christians are hardly ever thankful fleshly christians are hardly ever thankful here's what they are they're often critical cantankerous and crabby preacher how do you know i've met a few along the way and to be honest with you sometimes i found myself in that boat as well Anytime I live and I allow my flesh to guide and direct me, I never become thankful and grateful. Preacher, why are they like that? They got whatever uh, worldly things they were lusting after and it's already passed away. How many thought, boy, if I can just get this or if I can just get that, if I could just get that job or that position, if I could just get that amount of money and those kind of things and you get it and it's not what you thought it was. It's not what you wanted. It's not really what you desired, and it's left you upset. Why are they like that? They go after whatever the world is, the thing the world's trying to give them, and when they get it, it passes away. Preacher, what is the solution to fleshly living? There's only one this morning. There's only one solution. Paul gives it to us in Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the Spirit. The only way you can no longer live in the flesh is to walk in in the spirit it is not a balance between one and the other it's not a little bit of flesh here and a little bit of spirit there as long as you balance it out it's a-okay no the secret to the christian life the secret to being a, a a thankful christian is one that constantly lives in the spirit of god that is guided and directed by the holy spirit this morning why the holy spirit only guides you to one place that's truth and can i say this morning you can always be thankful for the truth because the truth helps this morning. The only way to keep from being led by the flesh is to be led by the Spirit. And here's the thing this morning. When you're led by the Spirit, you'll have a longing in your heart to do the things of God, to go to where God is, to obey the Word of God, and to watch God. Looking, You'll have a longing to do those things. 
But when you live for the flesh, all you'll have is a lust. It's amazing in my own life this morning, I can tell when my flesh is rearing up because there's a whole lot of lusting going on. There's a whole lot of improper, immoral thinking going on in my mind. I've got to bring that under subjection of Christ this morning. But I can tell when I'm, when I'm striving to serve the Lord and be led by the Spirit, there's a longing in my heart. There's a longing to do the will of God, to see God move, to do God, to do, uh, watch God do great things. There's a longing in my heart to go to my heavenly home. We see here this morning, that if you and I are living a life that is filled with the lust of the flesh, we will not be thankful Christians. Let me ask you this one. Has your flesh kept you from giving thanks? You're living for the flesh and now you're unthankful. Mindset number one this morning is if I'm pursuing something that which is wrong, I will not be thankful. But mindset number two that will hinder us from being thankful is I'm letting the wrong things influence me. I'm letting the wrong things influence me. Look at verse number 16, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. There's that word lust again. It means the same thing, and it's not a good thing this morning. But this time it's attached to the eyes. The lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes. The flesh is what we do. We live in the flesh. But our eyes this morning are the spheres of influence in our life. That which we see, it is through our eyes that we allow things to influence us. I always thought about this. How come it doesn't say the lust of the ears? Lust of the fingers? Lust of the mouth? Because it is with our eyes that we see and we want and we desire this morning and we allow influences in. Here's the thing this morning. I got to thinking about this, and, I, and, and you can take it for what it's worth this morning. You may forget what you hear, right? How many of you heard them songs and them songs from when you was a kid, and you can kind of hear it playing behind you or something like that, and you can kind of mumble along with the words? I mean, I'm that way when it comes to church songs. Listen, I, yeah, for some reason, I don't sing loud because I know I'm fixing to mess somebody up. I'll sing songs at the house, and my whole family said, that is not the words to that song. It is when I sing it, amen. <laughs> Here's the thing this morning. You may forget what you heard, but how many of us know it's hard to unsee what you've seen? Once you see something, it is as if it is burned into your memory. And here's the thing this morning. If your eyes are focused on the wrong things, we're allowing the wrong things to influence us this morning. Two areas this morning that we most finally, commonly find these, these, these bad influences this morning. One is worldly entertainment and false enjoyment. What do you mean by worldly entertainment, preacher? What do you mean? It is something that excites me. It is something that, that, that gets me uh, excited and anticipating, and I, and I, and I, and I want it, and I, and I allow it to influence me. It becomes my focus. Preacher, are you against all kinds of entertainment? No but I am against worldly entertainment this morning. I'm against the things that this world is trying to entertain us with. Oh, preacher, you're going, are you fixing the metal? You ought not to preach about things, preacher. Look at verse number 15. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. So I'm gonna do my best to point out some things this morning that if we allow to influence us, it'll rob us of our thanksgiving I'm, I'm, but I am against the wrong kinds of entertainment, entertainment full, full of vulgarity this morning. Oh, preacher, it ain't that big of a deal. It's just a few cuss words, preacher. 
I mean, it's, it's not that bad. Let me ask you this morning, sincerely think about it this way. How many cuss words would I be allowed to say in your living room? Before you said, I'm a preacher, I think you need to go. I, I think you need to excuse yourself and go figure out what's wrong with you, preacher. Well, that gets home, don't it? Because there's some times where I said, oh, man. I've tried to justify it. And the Holy Spirit said, why don't you just quit? And I say this morning, worldly entertainment that is full of vulgarity is the wrong influence. Worldly entertainment that's full of evil. Horror movies, crime shows, ghost shows. Oh, preacher, I just love the suspense and mystery. I just love to, 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 to figure out who did it and all those kind of things. I'd be careful saying that. I'd be careful saying I love the things that God says is wrong. Last time I checked, thou shall not murder. Thou shall not commit adultery. Thou shall not uh, steal. Thou shall not, we, we, we know the Ten Commandments and God lays them out for us. We're saying, but preacher, it's a good show. It's entertaining this one. Can I say, there's plenty of good entertainment out there. 95% of it ain't found on your TV. Preacher, if I take the TV out of my house, what am I going to do? How am I going to be entertained? Oh, you'll figure it out. <laughs> you'll figure it out, learn how to do a puzzle. Play board games with your kids. Build a porch on, your front, on the front of your house and get some rocking chairs and watch nature. That's rather entertaining, amen? Can I say this morning, I, listen, I'm not even against TVs this morning, but here's the thing, I am against the, the, the entertainment that is full of evil and we, 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 we play like it's okay. Here's the thing this morning, I, I don't know, I don't, I, some people, they, they don't bother them and they, they don't have no issue with it, but somehow the Holy Spirit that's inside of me said, you ought not to be there. You ought not to watch those things. You ought not to listen to those things. You ought not to be excited about those things. And I'm asking, well, how come the Holy Spirit convicts me and not them? And it's clearly something that is wrong. I'm not talking about petty things. I'm not talking about whether or not the, the, the bottoms of your pants touch the tops of your shoes or the bottoms of your shoes or whether or not your tie is a half winds or a full wind. I'm not talking about silly stuff. I'm talking about stuff that markets itself as evil. Christian's like, ain't it good, preacher? But I just like that stuff. No, it's wrong. It's wicked this morning. It's one of the things of the world this morning that John was trying to tell these little, hey, stay away from it because it's a wrong influence. Entertainment's full of vulgarity. Entertainment's full of evil. Entertainment. Now listen, I'm going to have to be honest with you this morning. I've watched some of the movies. I've seen some of those movies. Before I was saved, I enjoyed them and I, I looked forward to them. But can I say this morning, I've never watched a single one of them and thought, hey, y'all, right in the middle, let's stop and praise the Lord. Let's have, a, let's have a time of prayer and thank God for what we're watching this morning. Boy, if you can't give God thanks in the middle of it, you ought not to be doing it, amen? <laughs> oh, yeah, we, we're working real well this morning, amen? Work our way through it. Entertainment's full of evil. Entertainment's full of sexuality. Bachelor. Preacher. You're meddling this morning. No, I'm trying to help you this morning. I've heard of Christians and known them who had to get out of church early, not necessarily early, but they flew out of church because the bachelor was coming on. Bachelorette was coming on. Them dating shows. Here, what preacher, it's not that bad. They got clothes on. <laughs> right? It's not that bad. They got clothes on and, and they, don't, they don't show everything, preacher. They leave very little to the imagination this morning. 
And here's the danger. If you watch that and it's going on in your house and your children are sitting around with it, they're going to learn the world's ways. Can I say what the Bible teaches concerning courting or dating this morning is nothing like what the world teaches. The world teaches says, hey, try it out. Take it for a test drive. Make sure you try it before you buy it. The Bible says it's still good for a man not to touch a woman. That the marriage bed is undefiled in marriage. Listen this morning. God's word this morning is the right way. False enjoyment. Notice here, entertainment is full of sexuality. Let me help you out. Seduction is not scriptural. Seduction is not scriptural this morning. He said, preacher, why are you going to do this? Because I don't want Satan to rob you of your thanksgiving. You can't, you can't participate in this stuff and play around with this stuff and, and, and say you enjoy this stuff and be a spirit-filled Christian. They don't go hand in hand this morning. If I change these things, then I'm going to have to change everything I do. I'm going to have to find things to do in the evening. Well, grab your Bible and just read it, amen. Listen, there's a lot of good stories in here. There's a lot of good accounts. There's a lot of interesting things this morning. To be honest with you, there's some things that take place in the Word of God. If they made a movie out of it, I wouldn't let my kids watch it. But here's the thing, the Bible explains it correctly and tells us the issues and the problems with it, amen? Hey, there's some scenes in, in Samson's life with Delilah. Well, I wouldn't, let the, I wouldn't let my kids watch it if it was in a movie, but I'll let them read it because God's word explains it. We see here this morning that worldly entertainment is a, if we're allowing that to influence us, the more that that we bring in this morning, the more of our thanksgiving is gonna go out of our life because you can't give God thanks in the middle of all that stuff because it's fleshly, it's worldly. If you sit down and enjoy those things, what you're saying is the things of the world excite me more than the things of God. I was thinking about it this way this morning. I, you watch those mystery shows and those, those whodunits and he said, well, preacher, why, uh, you know, why, why do I like those things? Well, oftentimes, well, because it leaves us suspenseful. We are waiting for the next word to be said. We're on the edge of our seats. We're kind of nervous, and, and we're, we're, we don't know what's going to happen next. Can I say this morning, you don't have to watch a movie to experience those kind of feelings. It's called Go Share the Gospel. What do you mean by that, preacher? I don't know how it is when you share the gospel, but I get nervous. I'm hanging on every word that's fixing to be said. I'm trying to figure out what's going to happen next. I don't know how this is going to play out. But can I say it's the same feelings this morning? It's a great different, it's a far different result this morning. Worldly entertainment, it excites me. False enjoyment feels good. It feels good. Would it feel, would it still feel good if everybody found out you were doing it? Would it still, would you still enjoy it if your children saw you participating in it? Would it feel so good, then why do you have to cover it up with lies and deceit? Things that are actually good for you don't leave you with regrets. Don't leave you discouraged and defeated this morning. Good things leave you giving thanks this morning. False. It feels so good. And here's the problem this morning. Is that oftentimes in the moment... That's all we think about. It feels good to me now and right now and I'm going to enjoy it and I'm going to allow it to influence me because it excites me and it feels good. Here's the thing this morning. Your worldly pleasure will be somebody else's pitfall. It'll be somebody else's pitfall this morning. I remember being, I think I was somewhere between the age of seven and nine. I went into my parents' bedroom or bathroom looking for something underneath the sink. 
remember what I was, a Band-Aid or something like that underneath the sink. And I was going through there. And I remember moving a box. And underneath that box was a magazine. It was called Playboy. Seven years old, eight years old, nine years old, I came across that. Can I say this morning, you can't unsee things you've seen. And can I say this morning, my flesh is just like your flesh. And if I give in to those things, not only will it damage me, not only will it affect me, but can I say this morning, there's no telling what it'll do to my children. And when we are participating in those things, there is no thankfulness coming from a heart this morning. Has your appetite for entertainment and pleasure left you defeated instead of thankful? Number one, we see the mindset of, of right there in verse number 16, the lust of the flesh, I'm going after something that's wrong. The lust of the eyes, I'm letting something that's wrong influence me. Mindset number three, thinking I'm somebody that I'm not. Look at verse number 16. And the pride of life. That word pride is an empty assurance of one who trusts in their own ability, and their own power. And oftentimes we look at that word pride and we get one definition of it, we get one portrayal of it, we get one uh, example of it. It is that man or that person that pokes their chest out, puts their nose up to the air, and acts like they're better than everybody else. And that's when we think they're self-righteous, they're self-exalting, they're arrogant. We say that is pride. But can I say this morning, there's really two dimensions to pride. There's probably more than that, but I wrote down two of them this morning. Two different forms of pride. One is I only deserve the best. And the other one is I do not deserve the bad. I only deserve the best and I do not deserve the bad. I only deserve the best. This is the form that is most common to us. It is a look what I have done mentality. Look what I have accomplished. Look what I have uh, been able to do by myself. Look, look at how successful I am. Look what I, I only deserve the best because I am somebody and I am the best. Right? Paul put it this way. Paul who had the accolades that every Christian would strive for. Paul who had the history and the background that most preachers would love to have with the information and the knowledge, Paul stepped back and he said, it is that is not what made me. It is not my accomplishments that make me. He said, I am what I am by the grace of God this morning. And can I say this morning, I don't deserve a blessed thing this morning, but I am what I am by the grace of God this morning. When the moment you and I think we've done something, we no longer give thanks to God. We give thanks to ourselves. Thank you for being such a smart man. Thank you for being such a good-looking man. Thank you for being such an able-bodied man. <laughs> I was out there working yesterday, and boy, we had enough chainsaws and pole saws and leaf blowers to start, start a small pawn shop. Some of them fellas, David, Brother Ray, and Brother Jimmy, they, had, they just got to hacking down trees, Brother Kurt. Now listen, I, I understand the concept of cutting down a tree. right? You cut it and it falls over. I have no idea where trees fall. I don't understand that concept yet. I'm not there yet, amen? <laughs> if I had to cut it down, we'd have took out the church in the neighbor's house somehow. It would have happened that way. But they were going to town, chopping them, that tree and, and, and sawing, doing all that kind of stuff. And, 
and I was talking with Brother Kurt, and Brother Kurt said, man, sometimes I, I just feel like I'm, I'm useless. I mean, I felt like I was a lifeguard at the Olympics, amen. Like, what am I supposed to do? Finally, I said, Brother Ray, can I have the leaf blower? <laughs> I know how to do that, amen. I know how to leaf blow, and, and brother, Lay, brother Ray let me borrow it. Now I want one for my birthday, amen. <laughs> you men come together. What's preacher want for? He wants a leaf blower like Brother Ray's, amen. <laughs> that thing was awesome. If I could figure out how to ride it, I would have, Amen. I was leaf blowing. I was blowing everything besides leaves, and having a wonderful time doing it. But can I say this morning? Most people in the world that we live in, they live as if they've done everything. They are the reason for their success. They are the reason for their popularity. They are the reason for their their growth and all those kind of things. No, this one, the Christian knows it is not what I've done. It's what Christ has done in me. And the moment you and I begin to think we've done something. Yeah, we'll quit giving thanks to God. Start giving it to ourselves. See, that's the side of pride that we normally understand. We get it. We, we, we grasp the concept. I deserve the best. I'm owed something. But there's another side of it. It's I don't deserve the bad. And this one often goes misdiagnosed. It often goes uh, unnoticed. It often goes uh, without an explanation. But when we step back and realize this morning that the Bible tells us what we really deserve. Romans 3.23, for all of sin and come short of the glory of God. Romans 6.23, for the wages of sin is death. That's what we all deserve this morning, the full wage of our sin, which is death, that he, not, not just the physical death, but that spiritual death, eternally separated from God in a place called hell where it's torment and, and all that stuff this morning. That is what you and I truly deserve. But here's what happens we get saved by the grace of God. We start attending church. We start praying. We start reading our Bibles. We, we start going to Sunday school. We start doing everything that the Bible tells us to do, the pastor tells us to do, and, and everything seems good, and then we get bad news. The doctor says you have cancer. Your job lays you off. A family member that you love dearly passes away. We step back and we say things like this. Why does this happen to me? I don't deserve this. I've been trying everything that I know to do right. Why do bad things happen to good people? That's how we'd say it this morning. But the reality is the worst thing that could ever happen to you and I has already been dealt with. As a born-again believer, we know this one that we will never, ever, ever go to hell. But we also have to remember we do live in a sin-cursed world. Things like death, things like sickness, things like bankruptcy, things like being laid off, things like what we call bad news this morning. We understand that that is in the world nowadays because of a thing called sin. We do not live in a perfect world. And when bad things happen to us, if we're not careful, we'll become prideful and say, Lord, you're doing wrong. Lord, you've messed this one up. You gave me something that I didn't deserve. Can I say this morning, when those bad things happen, what we call bad things happen in our life, 
Now, you're going to have to take some rewire. You're going to have to rewire your brain this morning. You're going to have to take your mind and put under the subjection of Christ and the authority of God's word this morning. When those bad things happen this morning, it's not God punishing us, but rather it is an opportunity that God can take his word and make it real to us this morning, make it personal to us. That way, Romans 8, 28 doesn't just sound good, but we know it's right, and we know it. Well, preach, what does that say? And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are called according to his purpose. And I say this morning, God does all things well. And sometimes I got to remind myself of that. Because I'm just like you. I'll say, Lord, I've been preaching the Bible. I've been faithful. I've, I've sacrificed. I've served. Lord, why? I don't feel like I deserve this, Lord. You have to remind me, here's what you really deserve. But if you'll just be patient and by faith, trust me, I guarantee you there's some good on the other side of this. If you'll just let me be God and do what he does best. And I say this morning, when you and I allow the pride of life to creep into our hearts, into our minds, into our, our lives this morning, we'll either say, you know what, I deserve everything, or we'll say, I don't deserve this. Either way, what we're telling God is, I know better than you. You better do what I say. Let me ask you this morning, has your pride kept you from giving thanks to the one who truly deserves it this morning? It's Thanksgiving. It's November. We're just a couple weeks away. Let me ask you this morning, how's your Thanksgiving been? <laughs> Not talking about the festivities. I'm talking about in your daily life. When's the last time you with a grateful heart. Nothing, it wasn't a sermon, it wasn't a song, it wasn't a, uh, anything special or spectacular. You just got up and said, Lord, I just want to tell you thankful. Thank you for all that you've done. But maybe we've been struggling with one of these mindsets and it's robbed us of our thanksgiving. This morning would be a good time to come put our mind underneath Christ and say, Lord, I ain't thinking that way no more. I ain't allowing that those things to influence me no more. I'm not allowing myself to think that way. I'm not allowing pride in my life. I'm not following after that, which I know is wrong. Because, Lord, I don't want to rob it of my thanksgiving. Let me ask you this morning, has your thanksgiving been hindered lately? And what are you going to do to fix it this morning? Are you going to allow the Lord to fix your thanksgiving? Let's all stand this morning, every head bowed, every eye closed.